0: part 1 chapter I of the speaking voice principles of training simplified and condensed by Catherine Jewell everts this librivox recording is in the public domain part 1 the tuning of the instrument chapter I: learning to support the tone before attempting the exercises involved in the first step let us examine a tone in the making or rather let us feel how it is made for the process of tone production so far as it concerns us is not of physiological but rather psychological significance the huge tomes on the physiology of the voice which are of vital interest to the student of anatomy are not only of no use but are apt to be a positive hindrance to the student of vocal training a vivid picture of the larynx or vocal cords a cross-section of the trachea or a highly illuminated image of any of the cavities concerned in the production of that most wonderful thing in the world a pure tone of the human voice is a source of delight to the physiologist but will only interfere with that feel for the free, full volume of sound which the student of voice as an instrument of thought and emotion is to make as a first step in vocal training. Then, not as anatomists or physiologists, but as makers of music, let us look at, let us feel for a tone. I am stung by the splendor of a sudden thought. I desire to share it with you. The desire causes me to take a deep breath. A column of air rises, is converted into tone, passes into the mouth and is molded into the words which symbolize my thought. Let us, without further analysis, try this. Close your eyes think of some line of prose or poetry which has moved you profoundly let it take possession of you until you are seized by the desire to voice it still with closed eyes feel yourself take the breath which is to be made into tone and then into the words which stand for the thought hold that sensation and study it with me for a moment but you say the desire to voice the thought does not seize me very well let me ask you a question do you like growing old now your thought was converted so swiftly into speech that you had no time to study the conversion once more whether your answer be the yes of sixteen or the no of thirty close your eyes and feel for the tone you are to use in making the single word yes or no now a little more in detail let us see what happens a thought full of emotion meets the question the desire to answer is born the need of breath to meet the desire contracts the diaphragm the pump the chest the reservoir fills. A column of air, pumped and controlled by the diaphragm and reinforced in the chest, rises, strikes the vocal cords, the strings of the instrument. The strings vibrate, converting the air into sound, into tone. The tone, reinforced in all the chambers of the head, passes into the mouth. And is there moulded by the juxtaposition of the organs of speech, lips, teeth, tongue, into the word, the single monosyllabic word, yes or no, which frames the thought. Now, once more with closed eyes, sense the process and hold the sensation, but do not speak the word. Now, still once more, and this time, speak alas did we say we were makers of music is this harmony this harsh hard breathy strident note what is the trouble first of all fundamental to all and beyond a doubt the secret of the dissonance you did not breathe before you spoke or as you spoke i mean really breathe and that is the first point to be attacked breathe 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 you must learn how to breathe you must get your pump your diaphragm into working order you must master it you must control it you must not fetter it you must give it a free chance to do its work if you're a man you have probably at least been fair in not tying down your pump You have not encased yourself in steel bands and drawn them so tight that your diaphragm could not descend and perform its office. Yes, and if you are the athletic girl of today, you have probably learned the delight and benefit of free muscular action. But you may still be suffering from the effect of your mother's crime in this direction. It may have sent you into the world with weakened muscles in control of the great pumping station upon which must depend the beauty of your voice but whatever the condition or the cause it must if wrong be made right we must learn to breathe properly freely naturally do not confuse naturally and habitually in this connection these terms are opposites rather than synonyms to breathe naturally we must do away with all constriction we must choose between the alleged beauty of a disproportionately small waist and the charm of a beautiful and alluring voice we cannot have both then off with tight corsets thank heaven they are the exception and not the rule today. please note that i distinctly do not say off with corsets but only off with ill-fitting corsets for which tight is but another name i believe to digress a moment with our present method of dress a properly fitted corset is an absolute necessity except in the rare instances where a perfectly proportioned and slender figure is also under the control of firm well-trained muscles in a first flush of rapture over the vision of the gentle ladies of mr howells altruria seen through the eye of the needle we feel that we can take a step toward that paradise by discarding the straight-laced tailored torture the present-day costume prescribes for the corsetless grace of the altrurian garment but our enthusiasm is short-lived as we realize that we are in modern america and must make as inconspicuously gracious an appearance as possible without violating the conventions so as i say do not discard the corset which is for the majority of women the saving grace of the present fashion in dress only see that your corset brings out what is best in the figure god gave you instead of disfiguring it as undue constriction of any part of your body will inevitably do Incidentally, by this precaution, save your voice as well. But until we can be refitted or readjust the corsets we already wear and the gowns made over them, we must avoid the discouraging effect of trying to work against the odds of a costume which interferes with our breathing by making a practice of taking the breathing exercises involved in the first step, at night and in the morning five minutes of deep free breathing from the diaphragm lying flat on your back in bed at night and before you rise in the morning will accomplish the desired result the point in lying flat on your back is that in that position alone you can be sure you are breathing naturally which is diaphragmatically indeed you cannot without great effort and sometimes not even then Breathe any other way than naturally. I cannot tell you why. I can only say, try it and see. Our first exercise then is to lie flat on the back at night and in the morning when you are perfectly free, and with closed eyes, take deep, long breaths, letting them go slowly and studying the accompanying sensation until it is fixed fast and you feel you cannot lose it but can reproduce under any condition the action which resulted in that sensation the incidental effect of this exercise is to make one very sleepy indeed nothing will so quickly and effectually put to flight that foe of the society woman and business man of today, insomnia as the practice of deep regular natural breathing add counting each respiration and it is an almost unfailing remedy the only trouble for our purpose is that it is sometimes so swiftly soporific that we are asleep before the sensation is fixed fast and noted in consciousness which is one object of the exercise however should we find the prescribed five minutes at night interfered with by coming drowsiness we may yield in sleepy content Sustained and soothed by the thought that we shall be in splendid shape for the morning practice, with which nothing must interfere, not headache or sciatica or leprosy or thunderstroke. We are ready now for the third exercise. When for five minutes in the morning, lying flat on your back with closed eyes, you have taken deep, long breaths, letting them go slowly yielding your whole body to the act of respiration noting the effect and fixing fast the sensation as a next step you are to stand up and repeat the operation still holding the sensation not by tightening your muscles or clenching your fists or setting your teeth but simply by thinking the sensation letting it possess you in this attitude of mind breathe naturally standing instead of lying down that is all don't be discouraged if the test prove unsatisfactory at first try an intermediate step sit on the side of your bed or in a straight-backed chair and closing your eyes and relaxing all your muscles except those governing the diaphragm breathe now stand well poised By well-poised, of course you know I mean with the weight perfectly balanced about the centre of gravity, which in turn means that a perpendicular dropped from the highest point of the lifted chest without encountering any part of your body, and especially not your abdomen, which should be held always back so that it is flat, if not actually concave, will fall unobstructed to the floor, striking a point just between the balls of your feet standing thus well poised place the right hand on your body just below your ribs at the base of the lungs and your left hand on your back just opposite your right hand then breathe and feel the diaphragm as it descends cause the torso in turn to expand from front to back pressing against either hand let the breath go slowly Controlling its emission by controlling the diaphragm. So, the three exercises stand progressively thus. First, breathe naturally, which is diaphragmatically, five minutes at night. At first, you can be sure of doing this only by lying flat on your back. Second, breathe naturally, which is diaphragmatically, for five minutes in the morning and note the sensation third stand and test your newly acquired power by trying to breathe diaphragmatically while on your feet these three exercises constitute the first step in the first stage of vocal training and that step is called learning to support the tone i know a little girl who in the beginning of her career alarmed her parents by refusing to utter a syllable or the semblance of a syllable until she was three years old when she evidently considered herself ready for her maiden effort at speech prepared she proved for sitting at the window in her high chair one day watching people pass she remarked quietly and with perfect precision there goes mrs tibbets i find myself secretly wishing it were possible for you to refrain from speech not for three years but for three weeks while you quietly prepare for speech by practising these three breathing exercises it is quite the customary thing for the teacher of voice as an instrument of song to require of the student a period of silence That is a period in which only exercises are allowed, and songs, even the simplest, are forbidden. However, our only way to secure this condition would be to go into retreat. But after all, one of the most encouraging things about this work is the remarkable effect upon the speaking voice of simply holding the thought of the right condition for tone, thinking the three exercises I have given you. It is not so remarkable, perhaps, in the light of the experiment recently made, I am told, in one of our great colleges, when three men daily performed a certain exercise, and three other men simply thought it intensely, and the resultant effect upon the muscles used in the act was marvellously similar. I am half afraid to have recalled this, lest you take advantage of the suggestion and relax your effort, or, out of curiosity, make the experiment please don't i offer it only as an incentive to you to think at least of the desired condition if you cannot every day indulge in an active effort to attain it please test at once the immediate effect of this third exercise take the attitude i have defined and try once more any full-voweled syllable i think you will find the tone already improved End of part one, chapter one.